I had my own little eat, pray, love moment. I had to, to be completely honest with you, I felt completely lost. I didn't know what I was gonna do with my life. I didn't know where I was gonna live. I, I went to Bali for two months. I did a meditation retreat and honestly cried my eyes out every single day just because change like that is a lot. And that's when I started to see that although we have a waste problem, there were things that people were doing to combat it. Coming up on Travel Itch, sustainable travel expert Amy Kabakoff talks about suddenly losing her visa in Australia and being forced to leave with a broken heart and no direction. Plus her travels in Israel and how spending time with a Bedouin tribe helped her be more mindful. How a mosquito bite landed her in the hospital with a dangerous blood infection and how she turned her passion for travel into a full-time career. I'm Jennifer John, the founder of sustainable travel wear brand Pangwangle. Our clothes repel insects so you can have more fun outside, bite free. Welcome to our Pangwangle podcast, Travel Itch. Are you looking for adventure? Right this way. Welcome, Amy. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. So let's go way back and tell me about how you got into traveling in the first place. Yes. Um, so growing up in the Midwest, in Columbus, Ohio, uh, there are people who have never had a passport or there are people who can't sit still. And I realized quickly that I was someone who couldn't sit still. And my first trip was actually, um, because I'm Jewish, I was able to travel to Israel on my birthright. Um, and if people have heard of that trip, it's a 10 day all paid trip to Israel to rediscover the land and you know kind of the where where we all have come from in a space of such a religious place but also just so different from where i grew up so my sister and i we just graduated college we were 20 uh 22 and that was our first trip out of the country i'm a big beach bum and desert person so i really love the heat which was why i was excited to make that trip we got our passports we went to uh, the airport and we just couldn't believe, you know, like this world is so big. Why, why aren't people exploring it more? And my sister and I decided to extend and stay an extra three and a half weeks to explore around the tiny but fulfilling um, country. And that is where the travel bug bit me. And after that, it was, okay, where next? How far? For how long? Israel is roughly the size of the state of New Jersey. It's the birthplace of three major religions, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, and often the site of ongoing and violent political conflict. Yet tourism is on the rise, expected to get back above pre-pandemic levels this year, as the major attractions of Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, and the Dead Sea remain relatively safe for travelers. I just want everyone to visit. No religious component at all. It is just such a beautiful place. The people are so welcoming. The food is incredible. My favorite place would have been Tel Aviv. It's a vibrant city and there's so much there. But if you you know, have a chance to see Tel Aviv and then you see Jerusalem, you see the difference in just seeing how you know the holy city was shaped and, and the culture and the people. My sister and I, we, we spoke Hebrew and no one from our group did, but it was more just like like that, what I said, the connection and feeling with other people. We got to stay in a Bedouin tent in the desert and ride camels and eat with our hands and, and really integrate into the way of life over there. It's like the coolest feeling staying under the stars in the desert in Israel, where you're thinking about kind of the all the religious texts is from, that it was just so surreal. and. 
after that part of the trip, you wake up in um, the middle of the night and you go and you hike Masada, which is this beautiful mountain. But to do it, I mean, you physically have to get up this mountain. And it's just so, it's just so historical because you're, you're realizing this is what people used to do. And this is how generations before us used to live. And so you just feel this sense of connectedness that comes from really just integrating yourself. And it was obviously a really cool experience to interact with camels. They're so funny. They're so they're so different. And you're 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 on them, and it's awkward, but you're just like you're embracing it. And um, I was just so happy that that was part of the experience because that's not something you can get in in too many parts of the world that are accessible. So definitely a really amazing moment to be present. And that's something I've taken to all my other trips is. Yes, document it, but also like make an effort to just be present and integrate. And so I'll always remember that Bedouin trip. On the edge of the Negev Desert is the Dead Sea, about an hour's drive from Jerusalem. It's a large salt lake, about nine times saltier than the ocean. The Dead Sea has shrunk dramatically in the past few decades as Israel and Jordan diverted water away from the Jordan River, the Dead Sea's main tributary. Still, it's an iconic spot, revered since ancient times for its therapeutic qualities and otherworldly beauty. I remember reading about that and I was like, oh no, like that's such a unique experience to Israel. And so um, if there is a chance you, go, you can go and you can visit the Dead Sea, I mean, that's, you know, iconic because you really, I mean, it's, it's such a pristine looking thing and there's no life in it because it's the salt content is so high. But you know, that's where a lot of people's um, skincare products have come from because this salt is so good for your skin. So you get in and you feel this, you know, beautiful healing component, but you're also like, I can't stand because the buoyancy is, is so much. So things like that really make you appreciate visiting kind of places that are one of a kind. Israel is full of iconic places to visit. For example, the ancient fortress Masada, built by Herod the Great in 37 BCE on a rock plateau overlooking the Dead Sea. The Hanging Gardens of Haifa, with 19 garden terraces running up Mount Carmel as a tribute to the Baha'i faith. Or the Shuk Marketplace in Jerusalem, a colorful and busy shopping plaza popular with locals and visitors. It can be hard to do it all, especially when a mosquito bite lands you in the hospital. I remember we were in Israel and I, as a side note, am extremely allergic to mosquitoes and it's never stopped me, but it's always made me think like, okay, if I visit then, like I want to be prepared. And I happened to be in Jerusalem and I got a mosquito bite and I thought, okay, it's fine. It's a mosquito bite. We'll move on. We'll be good. And we were actually getting ready to hike through these waterfalls. Um, and my foot swelled up like four times the size of what it was. And we actually did the circle where you checked. And I remember being like, I don't think I can walk on this. And I was so sad because it was apparently the most beautiful waterfalls anyone's seen. And of course I was like sitting on the bus, but I had to actually go to the hospital. And it's, it's an interesting thing to visit different hospitals in different countries to see the accessibility that we in um, the US have and, and just, you know, the different protocols and procedures. And I just remember like sitting in the hospital, the doctor was wearing like ripped jeans with a with a white coat and you know just very casual but very very helpful and he was just like oh you have cellulitis and i had no idea what it was and also i'm by myself in a foreign country <laughs> and i was thinking like this is when that vulnerable side of you really does show with travel that you just have to be you have to be brave you have to you know come away with it just 
um, be, don't be afraid to ask for help if you do come to that space. And so I was so grateful because after that, got on the right medication. Meanwhile, my parents are like, what's going on? Are you okay? And like, my sister's like, she's fine. It's a mosquito bite. And then I was like, well, my butt's purple, so. <laughs> um, well, yeah, cellulitis can be kind of serious, right? It, it actually can get serious. It can get into the bloodstream. So it was good I went. I'm, I'm glad I trusted that gut. You know, travel, you always have to trust your gut. And um, that was definitely one of the most memorable because I had never experienced anything like this, let alone a foreign country, going to have to deal with a hospital. So it kept me on my toes and it made me realize that you do travel, you do have to kind of remember that things sometimes out of your control and, you know, going with the flow, but also just being prepared. Now I constantly carry mosquito repellent with me wherever I go if it's tropical. And yeah, it still didn't deter me from wanting to travel more, which I was really happy about. In fact, fresh out of the hospital, Amy applied for a job in Israel that would bring her back to her new favorite place as soon as possible. When I was in Israel, there was an opportunity to work with a marketing company in Tel Aviv and I applied for it and I got the internship and I was so excited because I was starting three months later. So I was going to go back to Israel. That was my that was my plan and I was so excited, um, but it got a little bit um, unsafe in the way of, of bringing in foreigners at the time. This was in 2013. Um, and so my parents were like, nope, you're not going. And so I was like, all right, let's regroup here. And I knew at the same point, um, because I grew up in Columbus and, and I was wanting something a little bit bigger, I was like, well, I'm not staying here. I'm going to go somewhere else. And so then I, I don't like living with what if, and that'll play into a lot of the choices of the travels I've made. So I decided actually to move to Miami Beach um, after visiting a weekend and thinking like, well, this is nice. It's similar to Tel Aviv. It has that beachy lifestyle. It's a little bit more, um, you know, carefree, but you also have the city component. And um that trip after Israel, literally, it was Miami, then it was New York, and then I started dating someone from a different country. So then I started having the opportunity to visit Australia and New Zealand. And um, yeah, just I was working doing marketing and I was working doing, um, you know, the travel blog thing for a little bit right at the beginning of the boom in, in 2014. And um, yeah, it was just like, where, where to next? So kind of one foot out the door, which... <laughs> Now in my 30s, I'm so grateful I did that and um, I'm grateful to have had those experiences. You're listening to Travel Itch. Feed your restless soul with stories from around the globe. Brought to you by Pangwangle, travel wear that's bug repellent and eco-friendly so you can go far, bite free. Find the goods at pangwangle.com. Back in the States, Amy gained experience in modeling and marketing that led to her next big adventure, Australia where she lived and worked on a visa she got through her new Australian boyfriend. I was just doing um, freelance opportunities, um, working in the modeling and marketing industries there. Um, Australia was a little bit more hands-on. That was actually me moving over for a partner and creating a life there. And I had the opportunity to stay there for a full year on a visa and then get um, sponsored by him to stay longer, um, which gave me more freedom to work in, in different settings. The first year I was just working in hospitality and, and temporary work um, with great opportunities, still in fashion. Um, and then after that, I actually secured a full-time role in fashion as a wholesale, um, at a wholesale company. Um, the reason I actually left Australia though, was just with differences with my partner in the visa. And so I, I didn't, I wasn't allowed to stay. It's the easy way of putting it. Um, so, you, so you broke up, is that what happened? We broke up and <laughs> um, I lost my visa. <laughs> 
Uh, everything happens the way it's supposed to. I, I know that now, not easy then, um, but that is what um, allowed me to be over there was working on, on his visa and, and having the work um, opportunity available. It's quite strict to get a work visa over there unless you aren't in a skill, for example, medicine, science, um, teacher. So marketing was um, a lot more vague and, and they didn't really see the need for, for that sponsorship. So. Um, yes, I had to leave after three years. And if you ask anyone in my life, they know I was not happy. And to this day, that place is, it's a reason I started Sustainably Amy, is the reason that I felt fulfilled and, and compelled to change over my entire business into conscious living. So um, big, big part of my life there. Wow, well, I, I, well, three years. So before we get into yeah. Sustainable Amy, which is definitely where we wanna go, what, what, what about Australia? What is it? That, that made you feel that it way just there's a few reasons that are obvious people love it's obviously just it's a beautiful country um the the oceans are amazing but what i actually fell in love with was there was such a work-life balance that was ingrained in people you know um i would always be like oh what else can we do and they're like the day's done we'll worry about it tomorrow and i i loved that because it gave you a sense of here's how i can show up and do what i do but i don't need to stress myself out and I don't need to feel like I'm constantly working to work you know people actually like work to live not live to work and that was the biggest takeaway I felt but I also just found that the people were so excited to live and see the world and travel and because they're so far from other countries they go on holiday for a long time and and I love that there was public transportation in in pretty much every city um that was really exciting because i never grew up with that. So taking the train and the bus to, to work or to, you know, engagements was so exciting to me because I didn't have to have a car. Um, but then I also just fell in love with the country, the people, the accents, didn't love the bugs, didn't love the spiders, but <laughs> you do get past all that. It's just somewhere that really connected me to my calling of, of being more, you know, environmentally conscious. And I do really attribute it to living over there. And I think when it came to the waste movement, they were a little bit ahead of it because they could start to see, because they're an island, what was starting to happen to, to the marine life, to the, to the corals, to the ocean, that that's where I really had that like light bulb moment that came off. Okay. That, so for like, for example, how, how so did, the, did you go to beach cleanups or what happened? My, my aha moment was I was actually doing a photo shoot on a beach and it was a beautiful beach that um, was kind of hidden to get to. And um, we got down there and it was completely covered in trash, like everything you could imagine. And I was so upset because I was like, why are, what, what are we doing? Like, why would we be so disrespectful? So I started to like, it was almost like that, that switch. And I started just researching more about the waste um, we created. And there was a documentary that was talking about the war on waste in Australia. And it broke it down into four categories, food waste, coffee cup culture, plastic waste, and clothing. And I feel like those are those big, big umbrella topics. And so I just started researching more and understanding like, hang on a sec, why, why are we bringing so many coffee cups? Why can't we bring a reusable cup? And also like, why is that plastic different than that plastic? So just educating. And I started to see that a lot of cafes over there, and this was back in 2017, were already implementing a, a keep cup, you know, bringing in and getting a discount and encouraging people to bring their own canvas bags. And I was starting to feel a little bit like social media was losing its um, just 
it was losing its momentum for me, but it was, I was getting bored. And I was, I was like, what am I actually sharing? That's adding value to people. And when I got back home, I was right at the beginning of seeing it coming out. And I thought, this is something I can talk about because I hadn't seen people talking about it in, in Ohio at the time. And even just traveling to different States, I was like, hmm, maybe here's something we can do. So that's really what's actually sparked it was that one beach, that beach shoot. Um, and I always tell people, if you ever want to experience it, go do a beach or river cleanup because you will see it firsthand and you will be motivated, but you'll, you'll want to understand like, why have we, why have we let this get this way? Visit our podcast page on pangwangle.com for links you can use to find beach and river cleanups near you. Plus Amy's favorite sustainable travel hacks you can start using right away. Before Amy came back to the States and revamped her social media focus, she traveled from Sydney, Australia to Bali to regroup. I had my own little eat, pray, love moment. I had to, to be completely honest with you, I felt completely lost. I didn't know what I was gonna do with my life. I didn't know where I was gonna live because it was not my choice to leave Sydney. And I felt that one, I was so close that I always wanted to go. And two, why not be inspired to, to figure out my next chapter in a really spiritual, healing, beautiful place that, you know, it was quite close. I, I went to Bali for two months. I did a meditation retreat and honestly cried my eyes out every single day just because change like that is a lot. And that's when I started to see that although we have a waste problem, there were things that people were doing to combat it. So for example, like most of the places in Bali would always have utensils and cutlery and, and you know physical items. No matter if you were sitting in or taking away, there was a place to drop them. Um, and I was like, oh, that's great. Like, that's a good way to get around having to use all this waste and, you know, putting it in a, busting your own table and putting it in a bin. I was like, that's, that's nice. And then I would see little cutlery sets and in canvas bags and things to just reduce your own personal waste. And that way that felt like you were in control. Um, and this was in 2018. And then when I moved back to America, um, June of 2018, and I was sitting at a restaurant with my mom, they gave us a coffee cup, um, and styrofoam, a styrofoam container, plastic bag, plastic utensils to sit in the restaurant. And I was like, oh, no one's talking about this. And I didn't have any direction with my social at that moment. I was literally taking a break. Like, we don't really know what's happening here. And I just explained to my current audience. I was like, you guys, this is important to me. I'm pivoting. If you want to stay, you can stay. Uh, if not, Oh, all good, you know, no hard feelings. And I wasn't, you know, studying this. I wasn't in the sustainable major. So it came from a really authentic place to be like, let's make changes together. And it was great to be able to um, just, just kind of use my social media more positively and grow it to what it is today. Follow Amy on Instagram at Sustainably Amy. You're listening to Travel Itch, a Penguangle podcast. Keep listening for some of Amy's best sustainable travel hacks, including a detailed review of the menstrual cup. A reusable bottle is a great one, especially when you're in the airports. All the airports now have some sort of refill system. Um, I even, I'm that girl on the plane who's like, can you refill my bottle, please? In the world we live in now, some places are a little bit more comfortable with reusable, some aren't. So again, doing what we can. My biggest advice to anyone trying to reduce waste is do not try to do it perfectly and don't try to overhaul everything because you're gonna get overwhelmed and stressed and wanna just stop. So I started with bathroom. And all I would do is when I was ready to finish an item, I would find a reusable option that was better. And that was something that I could share with an audience. Like, hey guys, I 
finished my you know normal toothbrush now i'm just gonna start using uh, bamboo and and here's why and here's how and, and i'll let you know how it goes and so i documented it on my blog totally honest like well didn't do well you know this week or whatever and just it just shared the vulnerableness of making changes because we've been ingrained in this convenience lifestyle for probably you know since the since the 70s and 80s if it were really transitioning into that plastic culture the toothbrush was an easy one then i would go to toothpaste even just um finding a toothpaste like i use david's david's natural toothpaste it comes in an aluminum container and you can order refills without the cap. So you're you're watching what you're being actually sent to secure a new refill. A lot of the times people think that that's not that big a deal, but I mean, all of those containers will never, you know, they'll never go away. Anything that we say is like gone is, is not really gone if it's plastic, it's just breaking down into smaller and smaller pieces, which actually is more harmful because those microplastics get into our waterways and our, and our environment and, people can see the stats are rising where they're finding microplastics. And what about um, what about your personal care? Did you start wearing the period panties? So I actually started with the menstrual cup. And the reason I did that was because I personally wanted to, I was on a retreat with a bunch of actually environmentalists in Hawaii. And that was the biggest topic of discussion was the menstrual cup because a lot of people were like, oh, is it gross? Or I don't really know if I want to. And I, I was like, you know what? I'm kind of giving myself like, you don't have a choice because I wanted to just try it. And it's, I tried it in 2019 and I worked with a um, really just beautiful Hawaiian company and she was super intentional about her product in the menstrual cup, the, the material, the silicone, everything, just making sure it was a really um, positive experience. It's called Mahina, Mahina cup. It was such a taboo topic and she created this in the way that now if you take care of your cup, you can use it up to 10 years. And I just remember trying it being like, this feels weird. I'm not really sure what's happening. And I would just, you know, wear, wear an extra pair of panties to confirm that it was fine and it worked. And then I also invested in the period panty because I thought this is another great option if people don't like the menstrual cup, because that's the thing is finding what works best for you in sustainable living is the reason why there is no one size fits all. It is a very personal journey. And that's actually been one of my best, um, changes because I haven't had to buy tampons or pads since 2019. And that is a savings of, I can't even, I've done the math before, but it, it comes out to being anywhere from like two to three grand a year. When you're going to stay somewhere, do you look to see if they have sustainable practices when you're looking to book? I do, I do. And I try to be conscious to the location. So if it is a very big city, um, you can find sustainable options. A lot of hotels now know that that's important and they will specify whether they, you know, use um, refillable shower bottles in, in, in the shower or um, I think the easiest one people see is the, if you don't need to use your towels, leave them kind of thing. But if I am in a smaller area, I will go as far as emailing them and just being like, just want to check if you have this. If not, I'm, I'm bringing my own. Um, I know some websites now actually you can filter for green hotels, which is great. But I, I know that there is an opportunity to still su support local and help them make those changes. So um, yeah, and I always use it as a talking conversation. If I stayed at a hotel that I know isn't implementing something, when I get that um, that feedback email or something, I always share like, you know, I, I would love to see you implement refillable bottles. I know it seems like, you know, it might be the cost um, might come up front, but you know, the 
the consciousness, like that'll really resonate. Um, and so that's nice to be able to provide that kind of feedback, but know that you're you're still supporting a small business. So I try to stay small in, in those kinds of hotels. And now there's lots of green hotels all around the world. Yeah, that's uh, it's a great trend. Have you ever gotten any feedback that your um, that your that your feedback actually made a difference? Yes, actually, when I went to Bali, I would share the content on the story, and every single morning, they would give me um, a plastic cutlery and a plastic straw for my smoothie. So like, didn't even need the cutlery, didn't really need the straw. Um, so I would always take it out and be like, nope, I'm good, thank you. And I left and I, I made a friend there and I was like, How, how's the rest of the hotel, whatever. She's like, oh my gosh, she's like, I have to tell you. She's like, they actually got rid of all the straws. She's like, you know, they, they saw you kept removing them and they realized that they'll only give them if someone asked. And I was like, there's your influence. Like, that's pretty cool. So, you know, that's been a while. So I don't know how the last couple of years have affected things, but that showed me that one person can have an impact if they believe they can, because if everyone believed they could, this is where the movement comes. This is where that change, you know, is, is possible. I've definitely um, had a chance to work with sustainable accommodations now that they'll bring me in and say, would you like us to implement something like this? And if I'm like, okay, we'll make sure you know, you have refillable coffee filters, um, but if you have a place to compost or if you're not able to recycle, is there somewhere that it can be taken? So that extra effort does really go a long way, but um, it's, it's cool to be able to have that uh, effect. And again, I didn't study this. This is not something that I have a degree in. I might, I'm looking into it, but I'm also looking at it from just your, your, um, who's, your who's your customer demographic? And so what's next for you? What's in the, your five-year plan? Five-year plan, well, so it's actually funny. I was supposed to start the opportunity for plastic-free consulting this past year, but I actually still help people with their own social media. So that has taken off in a way that I'm so grateful to use um, what I've learned over the last eight to 10 years now on social media to help other businesses. So I would love for that to continue to grow. Ironically, they're all sustainable businesses. I think that's where that alignment comes in. But I would really like to do plastic-free consulting and help small businesses and hotels and just make better decisions in that space. So I have thought about getting my certification in sustainable business development. Um, and you know that would just allow me that credibility to come in and say personal experience but also um you know education experience so i think that would be in the next five-year plan for sure when did you i don't know if you refer to yourself as an influencer it sounds like you are when did that happen and was that intentional yes that word oh it's so bittersweet um so i was your typical influencer at the very very beginning of instagram I was using my social media for my modeling work to work with different photographers and things. So I was kind of doing a little bit of that showiness where I would just show you me and show you what I wore and I was in a bikini and it was fine. And I was like, well, this, this isn't actually who I am really. So when I transitioned to sustainable living, I tried to kick that word out. I was like, not influencer, more like lifestyle blogger. But in true, in truth, I am influencing in the sustainable space. So I just let that, that word come. So in 2018, I, I just said like, hi, I am a sustainable influencer helping people reduce waste. And I think that word influencer had some negative connotations in the last you know couple of years that it's, it's definitely transferred now to um, when I say I'm an influencer, I'll start off with in the sustainable space, helping you reduce waste. So that's kind of how I do. 
And I get messages all the time from people saying like, hey, I, I saw you posted this and I bought it and you're right, I love it. And so for me, that is where the sense of like, true influence in the positive space is, is really why I love doing what I do. That's probably the highs all the time is when someone's like, oh my gosh, I thought of you. And they'll send me a picture of like bamboo toilet paper at CVS. Like it's, if I'm, if I'm a little birdie in their, you know, ear, then I can say that that's positive influence and I will happily be a sustainable influencer. That's awesome. So if people are thinking of you when they buy toilet paper, you're, you've done a job well It's done. just so funny because sometimes, Jen, people will be like, ooh, I'm sorry, that's that's plastic. I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'm not, there's no guilt. That's the hardest part people think is that, you know, if you're using it around you, they're like, oh, you can't use that. Amy's here. And I'm like, no, that's not what this is. This is just helping mindset shift into more long-term goals that I am in your ear though, so <laughs> it's working. I just want to come from a place of education and community, not from judgment or you know, like, oh, that's not good enough. Because I still use plastic every single day in my life. There's no way I couldn't in, in the kind of um, place I live in. And, and, you know, my bulk food store is not open still. So, you know, you, you find wins where you can. And that, I think, is where people resonate, really. Mm -hmm. Well, Amy, thank you so much for sharing your your time and your tips with us. And I, I hope you have some great adventures over the next thank few weeks. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Travel Itch, brought to you by Pegwangle, bug repellent travel wear for the modern adventurer. If you enjoyed it, please like and subscribe. Visit pegwangle.com to see pictures from Amy's adventures and links to her sustainable travel hacks. Special thanks to sound design engineer George Ingmeyer and producer Mary Negrato. I'm Jennifer John, and remember, the more you explore, the more you find.